We'll take our text from the Scripture reading. Reading Philippians 4.11 and then the first part of verse 18. 4.11 Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned that in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. And verse 18 begins with these words, But I have all and abound, I am full. If forced to summarize these verses in one word, it would be satisfied. Paul was satisfied. And we see throughout this epistle to the Philippians that around 20 times he uses the words rejoice, uh, thanksgiving, content, praise. It's ironic because the state in which he found himself was not what most people would deem pleasing. But he declared that in whatsoever state he was, he had learned this, there was to be content. And then he says, I am full and abound, or I have all and abound, I am full. This church at Philippi really was formed as a result of Paul being imprisoned with Silas when at midnight they sang praises to God and the prisoners heard them. That resulted in the jailer and his household being saved, which added to the number who had met with him at the riverside where they were accustomed to going to pray before he came on that missionary journey. So it began in a prison, and here he writes some years later from a different prison. But he writes in the same spirit he possessed when he sang there at midnight and the prisoners heard them there in that night before the doors of those jail cells were opened. Rather than flee, they ended up uh, staying. And as I said, the jailer who threatened to kill himself was paused by Paul's command and ended up being saved. So his state was uh, certainly a meager existence. He relied upon what his friends and what the saints delivered to him from afar. And those at Philippi had done that. We read elsewhere that uh, Paul was appreciative of uh, friends who brought him his cloak, his books, and parchments. So he, he didn't live in a land of plenty at this point, but he had plenty of gratitude within his heart. It seems like he could have instead declared, rather than, I have all and abound, I am full, he could have said, I have nothing, I am empty. It's all, it's all gone, I have nothing left. But he did not say that. He had the Lord, and if we have the Lord, we have all and abound, uh, we can declare that we are full. We have the Lord on our side in no matter uh, what condition we find ourselves. The state of being satisfied can be temporary, much like your last healthy meal. You, you ate last evening, and I assume you ate again this morning. You may have been satisfied at your last meal, but 
it was temporary. And uh, so it is now. It's always dangerous to talk about eating during the 11 o'clock hour, but uh, it, I guess that alone illustrates uh, that the satisfaction you uh, obtained was not long-lasting. When I think of satisfied, I, I have a somewhat of a trivial uh, illustration when, or in light of what goes on in the world and even in our city, but uh, I'll use it nonetheless. Last uh, March, I received a stimulus check. That's what they called it. And so I used part of it to buy a uh, fully automatic espresso machine. And I was happy with that, I will say. It wasn't the high end as uh, evidenced. Well, I, I, I used it every morning. Multiple times, I like a, a double espresso macchiato, so I have a couple of those each morning early, and sometimes uh, in the afternoon then draw out of that same machine a, a, a nice cup of coffee. Uh, but in the morning in particular, when I take the sip of that, my wife would bear witness when, uh, when she sees me uh, drink it anyway, that it's satisfying. I mean, I like it. I'm just happy with it. That, that, is being satisfied. I was satisfied until last month, after 13 months, it broke. Like I said, it wasn't high-end, but it wasn't low-end, and I find myself disappointed. I think, wow, it should have lasted, but it, but it didn't. As such is the state of what we often think as being satisfied. That happened with the... Uh, children of Israel in the wilderness when they're uh, at the end of the teaching and Jesus was afraid to send them away or at least uh, reluctant to send them away without eating. And the disciples asked him, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread in the wilderness? Well, he did it with just five loaves and two fish. He fed 5,000 men besides women and children, and when the fragments were picked up afterward, it seems they had more than what they began with. So those thousands would have declared to one another, I'm satisfied, this is good. In fact, they, they thought to make him a king. Well, he'll be a king uh, one day, but his time was not yet, so he uh, slipped away from their uh, presence and went across the sea to the other side. Well, the next day, they were witness that that satisfying portion was not long-lasting. So they followed him in the ships and ended up, and Jesus uh, spoke to them and told them, you only followed me for the loaves and the fishes. You just followed me because uh, I could satisfy your uh, temporal hunger. But he went on to say, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. I have something more long-lasting, and that is everlasting life. And that is what everlasting means. It means long-lasting. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, he said, for the meat, but for the meat that endureth unto everlasting life. The Samaritan woman at the well had a similar experience when she came to draw water from Jacob's well and thought to uh, satisfy uh, the thirst of not only herself but also uh, of the sheep. But Jesus 
ended up telling her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. And we all experience that. You have uh, your drinks of water throughout the day, and we're told in some sense the more the better, but we uh, are witness to the fact that after we have that uh, drink of water, we're thirsty again after a while, so we have another drink of water. Uh, But Jesus said, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. The Lord has a way of satisfying something within, and that is what he offers to this hungering and thirsting world. More than hungering and thirsting for uh, food, this world has a, a longing for something to fulfill themselves within. The Lord offers that, and um, most of us have experienced that. So in, in whatsoever state we find ourselves, we can live in a manner that is satisfying. We have the Lord. If we have the Lord, anything else is just a bonus. The state in which we find ourselves uh, neither in, in this sense, it neither adds to nor detracts from that satisfying portion. It does not matter if you're at a revival, as Paul was, raising Eutychus from the dead, or if you're in a, in a Roman prison facing the sword in time and knowing it. And yet, he could declare, I've learned that in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. And even where I find myself right now in this prison, I can say, I have all and abound. I am full. Wow. In verse 11, the content is translated elsewhere in, in the New Testament as, as satisfied. Adequate, sufficient, as in my grace is sufficient, my grace is satisfying, which uh, is to say uh, it is enough and more than enough. When Paul prayed for that affliction to depart from her, be lifted from him three times before he heard the Lord say to him, my grace is sufficient for thee, my, my grace is enough and more than enough, my grace is satisfactory, it's satisfying. So he stopped praying for that anymore. He had this answer. And God's grace proved to be just that by virtue of the fact that now later in this uh, prison he can declare the words that we have shared this morning. So to be satisfied is is a state that endures. It's lasting. We're pleased using uh, these uh, uh, synonyms that Uh, we can be found at ease uh, despite present state and an uncertain future. That's Paul. His present state was not satisfying in itself, but he was satisfied that, that God was with him. And if we, if we live in that manner, we need not run around declaring it really. It's self-evident. It shows on our countenance by the life we live, by our response to the circumstances that come our way. We have the Lord. We have victory in Jesus. 
He said in verse uh, 12, I know how both to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both uh, to be full and, and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need, to be abased. He says, I know how to be abased. I know how to live in the state uh, of lack or of need. I know how to, to abound. I know how to live in a state of plenty where um, there's no care in the world. Either extreme. I've learned how to do that, and there's a key word there, the fact that it, uh, we learn to do it uh, through life, and our confidence in God is no more nor any less. No matter which extreme we find ourselves in, we have, we have the Lord uh, with us. Everywhere and in all things, he said. So in each particular event of life or the sum of an entire life in general, we, we have learned in, in that to be content. We have uh, experienced uh, the bounty of God. We have uh, experienced deprivation. But it does not influence the fact that we are content we are uh, full, uh, we abound, we are rich in the Lord. Feast or famine, we have the privilege to feed in communion with God. That is something that is lacking in this world today. The solution uh, that the world looks for it will not be found in any other avenue but in Jesus Christ. That is what must be lifted up these days and every day, all the time. The solution is in Jesus. Everything else is just a Band-Aid. And Band-Aids certainly have some value. I've applied a few uh, a time or two. But um, I've also experienced when you rip off the Band-Aid and get part of the skin, then uh, that's not pleasant either. So um, whatever, that's a different uh, topic altogether. One I'm not qualified to speak to either. Um, verse 13, uh, we heard read, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. When you face a challenge that seems insurmountable because it is insurmountable in your own strength, you can declare boldly, I can do this. Not because you can do it, but through Jesus Christ. You can do You can do all things, anything, whatever uh, comes your way. I can, I can go through this. Or, and including, I can spend time in this. It's nice when we face a challenge that we can see an end in view. I can do this. I can go through this and come out the other side. Look at Paul. He had no... Uh, anticipation that he was going to come out the other side in a favorable manner as far as this life goes. But he, he could face that sword through Christ Jesus, his Lord. We don't need to worry or tremble about facing a sword. We've heard many a time that we don't need that kind of grace, dying grace, until we're dying. But when that state or that uh, 
challenge comes, then the grace will also come as well. Where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. And if God's grace was sufficient enough to take us out of a life of sinning into a life of holiness, once we are in the life of holiness, God's grace is sufficient enough to help us overcome any challenge that comes our way or to thrive during the challenge that we find that we are encountering in a state. Some have moved from the state of Oregon. I can't help but think of this because Oregon isn't reputed to be the greatest state in the Union nor Portland, the greatest city in the United States. So you can look at that however you want, and I don't find fault with anyone who has chosen to relocate on that basis, although the darker the world is, the lighter the light shines. So we certainly need to be lights in a dark world wherever God has put us. And I'm content to live here. Anyway... We're no match for what comes our way. We confess that. But we also confess, as did Paul, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And to to these here in in Philippi, he he said, My God, God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. They had deprived themselves in order to uh, meet uh, the needs that Paul uh, required or, or that they were aware of he, he, what he needed. So he said, you, you satisfy my need. God is going to satisfy your need according to his riches in glory. You gave uh, of your temporal uh, to me, but God is going to draw from the resources of glory to satisfy you. Well, just as there are symptoms of being satisfied, there's, there's evidence when it's lacking in a life. Dissatisfied synonyms include displeased, disgruntled, discontented, unhappy. I, I should add, you know, I'm really happy my espresso machine broke for, for what it's worth. And I, and I think of you know, uh, a sermon Brother Arthur O'Hare preached 20 or 25 years ago. It's funny how uh, you remember uh, something, but I thought of this in the reluctance to use the espresso machine illustration to um, hopefully shed some light on what it means to be satisfied and how it's, how it's temporal. Uh, Brother Arthur spoke of the fact that uh, Paul and Silas were beaten in prison and went into some detail about uh, their condition. But while while he was preaching, he he very clearly had a cold, something we would be more careful to um, come to church about these days. But uh, during during the message, he, he, he kept referring to their deprivation, and he said, and I have a cold. And I do think of this when we consider what the Eastern Europeans are going through, going through, and not just the Ukrainians, but also some of the, the Russians that are impacted and others in the, uh, in the country who, and those here who have relatives there, but also the, 
conditions of poverty that I've seen in, in India and the anarchy the, in Haiti even now to the point where Brother Roland uh, finds it unsafe to leave his house. This message may not play well in some respects in those areas, but Paul was in prison and we trust that if we ever find ourselves in those conditions, we could say with Paul, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And I'll tell you, in communicating with Brother Roland, we find that to be the case in, in, in Haiti. He has no complaints. He just declares the facts. This is what we're up against and, and um, makes it known there's really nothing we can do uh, more than pray. And so uh, we pray. Satisfied. It accepts. It submits to God in the circumstances, conditions, the state that we find displeasurable. We serve God. To be dissatisfied is to fight against to resist. But Paul, he didn't. He's in prison. God put him there. He accepted that. And on that basis, he could declare that he was satisfied. He was content. He had no complaints. God, God was with him. Uh, so it is that uh, that state of mind or that state of being, it conquers frustration, restlessness, impatience with others. That's what this world needs. This world needs to be satisfied. Uh, we, we, we live in a, in a world that is anything but that. But as Christians, that, that is what makes us as lights in a, in a dark world. We're happy in the Lord. We're content in the Lord. We, we have no complaints in the Lord. No matter what comes our way or what state we find ourselves living in, we have the Lord. And that, that says a whole lot. Sometimes and oftentimes, and we certainly do all the time when we find ourselves in a condition that is displeasurable, we ask God to change the condition. The sick ask to be healed. Those with needs ask for those needs to be relieved. And that's certainly natural and, and appropriate. But when God uh, doesn't change circumstances, he does change hearts. And that's what he did with Paul. Paul no longer prayed for some things. He accepted the fact that God put him there and he was there with content. If we allow God to satisfy us, we will live in a manner that is peaceful, that is content, that is thankful, without regard to what we're going through now and without regard to whether or not there is any hope of that situation being alleviated in the future. We have a hope of heaven. Do you have that living water where you're never, never thirst again? Do you have that, that bread of life where you will never again hunger for what was so lacking in your life before you come to the Lord? Well, if you don't, today's a perfect opportunity to obtain it. It's by the grace of God. He extends that offer. Take advantage of it. When you drop to your knees this morning, give him thanks. 
for the state of life you find yourself in. The Lord will bless you for it. He'll uh, all the more satisfy you. God will do it. We'll sing this song of invitation. And you're certainly invited and encouraged to drop your knees in prayer.